Amen, amen. How's everybody doing this morning? Was that not the cutest thing ever up here? Oh my gosh, the, um, Charlotte, your little girl over here clapping in the middle. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And, and Ella over here saying, just I mean, that bell doesn't work anymore because she was shaking it so hard. It was just awesome. So, hey, um, for those that may be new, my name is Dan DeMay. I'm the senior lead pastor here at Shine Church, and we are so glad that you are here. Sit back and enjoy what God has for you. Uh, my wife and I have been gone for the last two weeks. We were away. Uh, we got to go to Mexico to celebrate our 25th anniversary, which is just awesome. Just amazing. We talked a lot about how in the world did Kim do it. I'm not quite sure. And she gave me a lot of guidelines for the next 25 years, but it was a great trip. It was just an amazing, amazing trip. Um, I want to say some special thanks. First off, this is the first weekend where um, we have actually got to see all of the decorations. Now, Kim and the staff came together and we put it all together the week before we left. Um, but let me tell you something. It looks amazing in here. Yes, my wife and the staff did an amazing job in here. Um, but I tell you what, when you people sit in the chairs around these floating chandeliers, somebody called them the Harry Potter chandeliers, I don't know. Um, but uh, when, when you sit in here, it makes it complete because as good as this all looks, you guys look better. Amen. You guys should give yourself a big amen right there. Amen, Brett. Hey, I want to say thank you to the staff for helping us set all of that up. But I want to give a... a, a Special thanks to uh, the staff while we were gone because uh, this place um, just, it ran both weekends without us just incredibly well. Um, here's what was funny. We left on Saturday morning. We got to Mexico. We got to um, our place that overlooked the ocean and I put my um, computer out on the table and as the sun was setting, I was watching Janelle via the Facebook live stream lead worship as the sun went down over my computer. It was awesome. And they did such a great job that Kim and I, we may need to go down there often, more often. It, it seems like it was healthy that we were gone down there. So, um, no, it was just a really, really good time. And uh, they did a great job just holding this place together, running it well. And it was just so peaceful to know that we could be gone. Uh, but it, both Saturday and evening services, Kim and I, we uh, live streamed it because we just wanted to be a part of it because we loved this family. And uh, even though we were away, we wanted to be a part of what was going on. And so it was just an amazing, amazing time. Thank God for technology that we can do that, huh? That's pretty amazing. Um, hey, we're in a series called Christmas Together. And uh, I'm going to pray right now, and I'm going to pray that God would speak through me. Um, I hope that you are here to receive something. I know many of you are here because uh, maybe you had some little kids, some grandkids, or some family uh, that were singing up here, and so you're here, um, but it's not by chance that you're here. Um, God knew that you were going to be here, and I believe with all of my heart that God wants to speak to you. Uh, I do have an abbreviated message because of all the things that were going on, but I think it's a message that will be a challenge to you, something that you can take for the next seven to day, 10 days as we head towards Christmas and even the New Year's and, and maybe apply things into your life. And so um, I want God to speak through me, so I'm going to pray and ask him to do that. Would you open your hearts and ask him to speak to you? So Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, and I... God, I pray as we sing in, in worship, God, your, your, your presence here is what makes all the difference in the world. And when we recognize your presence is here and we realize that you are in this room with us, God, miracles can happen. The supernatural can take place. And so, Lord, we pray for that right now. God, though I give a message, you can take it by your Holy Spirit and penetrate into the hearts of everybody listening and you can make it a life-changing word. 
And so, Lord, I pray that that's what you do, that you would use me, that I would decrease, you would increase in me. The words that would come out of my mouth would be led by your Holy Spirit and they would penetrate into the hearts and into the minds of everybody listening to me. Lord, we thank you so much for the fact that you, you use messages, you use worship, you use little kids singing to touch our hearts and to change our lives. And so, Lord, we come to you and ask that you would do that. Touch our heart, change our lives. And Lord, we... Thank you for these things, and we give you glory, honor, and praise in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, I want to give another thanks to Pastor Rob and Pastor DJ, who did an incredible job as uh, we were away. Pastor Rob started this series, Christmas Together, talking about, man, just the importance of God coming. Um, he read so many great scriptures about the depth of what took place when Jesus Christ came to this earth on our behalf. And he just talked about how when we celebrate Jesus during the Christmas season. We are actually celebrating Christmas with, with our Heavenly Father. And um, you know, one of the things that impacted me most in my life was a friend of mine saying, hey, God doesn't want religion from you, he wants relationship. And that's truly what Christmas is about, is the fact that God so loved you, and God so wanted relationship with you, that he sent Jesus. And that's what we celebrate in Christmas time. And Rob did an incredible job bringing that out and the fact that then we need to celebrate and live life together as we go into the Christmas season. And I hope it got you set for the rest of December as, uh, as we started the series with that. And then DJ got up and shared on just the fact that um, God wants us to know his love. And the, probably the most important thing is we have to receive his love before we can give it, yes? And so he talked about that and he created a triangle. When in teaching team, it was just this triangle of know God, um, show God, grow with God in the love. No love, show love, and love grows in the middle of that. And somewhere between the teaching team and when he gave it, it became a Christmas tree. I thought it was pretty cool, but uh, I noticed I was laughing as I was watching the live stream going, oh man, he turned the triangle into a Christmas tree. How cool is that? Right? Um, but he did an incredible job. And so let's give those two a great hand because they did a wonderful job. Thank you guys so much. Um, this week, what I want to do is I want to give just a short, quick, practical way to express these things. I think they covered the basis on um, Christmas together, not only with God and worship of Him, but also with one another. But I wanted to just give, I felt like the Lord led me to just say, hey, let's, let's teach just a quick thing on an applicable um, thing that we can put into our lives. And so I was reading through the scripture in this uh, section and Timothy jumped out to me. Um, now let me set the, the stage. Timothy was um, Paul's protege. Um, Timothy was a son, uh, basically, in uh, the things of God. And Paul wrote his letter to Timothy um, near the end of his life. And so he was trying to give Timothy instruction. Obviously, Tim Timothy was leading and was over uh, some churches, uh, and he wanted to give him instruction. But I believe with all of my heart that it's great instruction for us to receive. That when he speaks to us, I mean, when he wrote to Timothy, when we read those words, man, we can apply them to us and realize, hey, you know what? If Paul could be your spiritual father, he would write something very, very similar to you and I. Okay, And so as I read this, I want you to take that in. We're in the middle uh, of, near the end actually of, of the letters there, Second Timothy chapter four. Um, and it says this, proclaim the message. Now I like the wording of this. This is, comes from the Holman um, Christian, um, standard, Holman Christian Standard Bible, sorry. Tongue tied right there. And I like the, the word on that, but you've probably heard it this way. Preach the word. Have you ever heard that, that 
version of that, preach the word. I like how it said here, proclaim the message. Then it says, persist in it, whether convenient or not. <laughs> no, no shout of amen right there, huh? <laughs> persist in it, whether convenient or not. Rebuke, correct, and encourage, and I want you to listen to this, with great patience and teaching. Read it one more time. Proclaim the message, persist in it, whether convenient or not. Rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. Um, I need your help at this point. When you see the words proclaim the message or in other translations, preach the word, when you read that, when you hear that, when I say that this morning, what comes to mind? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Proclaim the message. What? Live it, okay, what else? Witness, okay, meaning in word or just in action or both? In both, okay, absolutely. What else comes to mind? Sharing the gospel, okay, good. What else? Teach the word, okay, it's good. The word being the Bible, I'm assuming, I'm just making sure, yeah, make sure we're on the same page. Um, what else? Confide in it. Trust in it, okay? And as you trust in it, that kind of is, is the pro proclamation of it. I like that. Very good. What else? Yes, back there. Speaking it out in everyday circumstance, okay? I'm looking for a word that I haven't heard yet. Believe it, okay? That's good. Anybody else? Shout it out. Oh, I like that. I love that. Shout it out. This is really good. Anybody think of testimony? Um, it's the word I was thinking somebody would say, but I, when I read it, I was thinking testimony. Thinking, hey, there's, when we um, proclaim the message, we're, we're sharing a, a testimony in that. But here's what's interesting. Um, I don't think it comes right to mind because I think a lot of times when we hear those words, um, preach the word or proclaim the message, we think that we have to know this and that then we take this into wherever we are, or whatever circumstance. And I totally agree with that, totally believe in that, but I think sometimes that intimidates people from doing it. And here we are heading into one of the most important times of our lives because we're gonna be hanging out with friends, we're gonna be hanging out with family, we're gonna be seeing people at the, um, at the mall or at restaurants that we wouldn't see. We get really busy during this time of year, yes? And we get busy because we want to um, purchase gifts for our loved ones, because we want to hang out with our loved ones, we want to get with family and friends. How many, let me just prove this to you. Please lift your hand very high when I ask this question. How many of you have been to some sort of Christmas party already this year? Okay, almost everybody in the room has been to some sort of Christmas party. Why? Because this is the time where we decide we're gonna live life together a little bit more than normal. Yes? So we get with our coworkers, we get with our neighbors, we get with our church, we get with our friends, we get with our family, and we have an incredible opportunity to preach the word. We have an amazing opportunity, each one of us individually, to proclaim the message. But I would submit that one of two things happen. One, you've done it and it wasn't responded well. So let me give you an example of this. When I first came to uh, my salvation experience, 
I got a fire on fire for God and I was excited and I was sad that some of my family didn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so this is what I decided to do. It wasn't near Christmas time, but it was during Easter. And so I wrote all of them a letter basically saying, why do you celebrate Easter? And it was a pretty bold letter. And I got into their face about, hey, Easter is all about Jesus Christ and the fact that he rose from the dead. It has nothing to do with Easter bunnies and eggs and all of the things you're celebrating. So why are you doing that? We need to celebrate the fact that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And I was great and bold and I felt really good about it. And I sent it to all my family. And they all was like, get away from me, Dan. My sister, I'm the oldest of four, so my oldest sister, though, the one right underneath me, she actually goes, man, the letter to me was a little offensive, number one. Number two, get this, she goes, you didn't even take the time to sign the letter. How terrible is that? And you know what's funny? I remember wanting to proclaim the message to preach the word. I wanted my family to know Jesus Christ. And in my boldness and in my desire to do that, what did I do? I pushed them away. And to be honest with you, church, for the next few years, my relationship with my siblings was a little rough. And I realized that. And so instead of proclaiming any message, I actually just started to shut up. Anybody? Matter of fact, it was a couple years later that my, some of my siblings started to tell me, you know, every time we're with you, I feel like you're judging us. And what's interesting is I had never, after that letter, I didn't say anything. But that letter penetrated into their heart and they just felt that. And so we had some really good conversations and thankfully I can say, hey, we've got a good relationship with my family um, and we kind of worked through that stuff. But it's interesting because if you proclaim the message but you don't do it with the right heart, with the patience that it speaks of, with great patience, with teaching, you know what can happen is we can push people away. And so we head into Christmas time where we're gonna hang out with family and friends. We have this incredible opportunity to be able to proclaim the good news, but maybe because of a past experience or maybe because we're intimidated, we kinda say, nope, I'm not gonna do it. And we just kinda shut ourselves off. Anybody? Okay, there's a second section of scripture, 1 Peter 3.15, it says this but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Listen how it ends. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Read it one more time. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Now, um, interesting, I started studying this out. I looked up the word to give an account. What do you think to give an account means? What comes to mind when I say, hey, we should give an account? What comes to mind? Yep, personal experience, very good. What else? Testimony, oh yeah, okay, I kind of gave that. I shouldn't have given that out, yeah, but yep, testimony, absolutely. What else comes to mind? Yes. Side of a story. The side of a story. You give an account. I love that, Kenny. That was a great description of that. What else? What else comes to mind? Give, an, give a reason for it. Love that. Somebody else. What you're thankful for. Okay, good. 
Anybody else? Blessings we have. Somebody actually last night told me afterwards, man, I was going to speak up, but I just didn't feel like I, I shouldn't. I'm like, oh, always speak up if you have something in your mind and in your heart. But she goes, um, the word that I had in my mind was to give a report. I was like, man, I wish you would have shared that. Man, what a great way. Another person said to share the things that are exciting in your life. How about that? To share something that's exciting in your life. And I think what's interesting here is it says that we are to be ready to make defense to everyone who asks and to give an account for the hope that is in you. Man, I hope that you're here this morning because you have the great hope that Jesus Christ gave you. You have an expectancy that God is gonna do something. Maybe even this morning, right now, through this message, through the worship, through the kids singing, whatever it is, I hope you came with an expectancy. You know that word hope is an expectancy. I'm expecting God to come and move in my life. And my question to you is this, in the next seven to 10 days, when you're gonna be with family and friends, probably more so than any other time of the year, are you expecting God to do something supernatural? Are you? And here's, here's the truth. There's one of two people. One is receiving this and says, oh yeah, I want that hope. I want that expectancy. The second person might be here going, you know what? I don't have any exciting things. I'm not even sure if God is real. I'm not really sure where I stand with God. And I want to speak to you real quickly this morning. It's not in my notes. It's it, something that came out um, in the message last night. It was given it. And I just want to share this with you. In Luke chapter 11, verse 11, it says this, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Now, what a very, what a very powerful scripture, especially during Christmas time. Because I hope that you as parents want to give good gifts to your kids, yes? Do you know why a lot of families open Christmas gifts on Christmas Eve? It's because they can't make it till Christmas Day to see the kids' reaction. Oh, it's out of convenience. No, it's because you can't wait for your kid to open that gift. So you made an excuse, let's open it on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas Day, because I don't want to wait. I, no, I don't know if that's really true, but it just seems right. But think about it, man, I, I, remember, um, <laughs> I remember as a kid being so excited about Christmas because I was gonna receive. Did you guys remember that experience? Remember having that as a kid? And I remember um, growing up, kind of moving out of the house, getting married to Kim. We didn't have kids yet. And I remember Christmas, the, I, it was still a special time, but it kind of lost its excitement to it. And then we had our kids and a new excitement came. Anybody else? And, and this new excitement came because we couldn't wait for our kids to be able to get up and open these gifts. And this section of scripture, man, how, I mean, how relevant to right now and the fact that we are just a few days away from the time where we're gonna be giving gifts to our loved ones, to the people we care about. And it says this, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, would give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? It says this, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Listen to that line. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
If you're here this morning and you go, well, I don't know if I have any exciting God moments in my life to actually share with people, then I want you to know something. It's not because God's not wanting to give those to you. Because I want you to know that we have a loving father. He is madly in love with you and he wants to give great gifts. As a parent wants to give their kids gifts right now for Christmas time, how much more does our heavenly father want us to understand that he wants you to receive the good gifts that he has for you? One of those great gifts was Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But it goes way beyond just Jesus Christ. He wants us to live in an abundant life. Jesus said, I came to give, not only give life, but I came to give you abundant life. And if you find yourself here this morning going, I'm not living in that abundant life, then I'm gonna challenge you. There's something wrong in your thinking. Maybe you think God is angry at you and he wants to get you or he's gonna get even with you for things that you've done in your past or maybe even things you did yesterday, maybe things you did on the way here. But that's not our loving father. See, that's how we think in our carnal fleshly mind. But our heavenly father, he is perfect and he wants to give good gifts to you and I. And if you're not experiencing those things, then something is off in you and here's the good news. If you will take this to heart and if you will ask him, you can do it right now, you can do it on your way home, you can do it tomorrow, you can do it on Wednesday this week, whenever, but if you will go before the Lord and just say, God, if what Pastor Dan is saying is true, that you are a good father, then would you show me where I'm off? Show me where I'm thinking wrong. I like to call it stinking thinking. Show me where I'm off a little bit and pay very close attention to what your thoughts are right then. Because he may say something like, well, you need to forgive your sister. I'm like, no way. How quickly are we to dismiss that thought? But here's the truth. God will speak life to you if you will just pay attention and he wants you to know what's keeping you from receiving those gifts. If all the Christmas gifts were upstairs and your kids woke up in the morning, went downstairs and said, Mom, Dad, where's all the gifts? You would tell them, they're upstairs, go there. But here's the thing about God, our Heavenly Father, He'll tell us where to go, He'll tell us how to think, He'll tell us what we need to believe and what we need to, how we need to position our life, but it's up to us to actually go from the basement up to the, where the gifts are. Well, that's good right there. If you're here and you go, well, I don't know if I have any exciting moments to really share. Man, go before him and ask him why. Pay close attention to those thoughts that come right after you ask that. And then be obedient to those thoughts. And I think you might see that life come. Okay. For those of us that are here that say, yes, I've got stories. I've got experiences. I've got an account. I have something to report. I want you to see something in scripture that was very interesting to me as I studied this out. In Timothy, where it says proclaim the message, the word message, or in other translations, says preach the word. Um, the Greek word for that, and I don't wanna get too into the Greek, but I do need to bring this out. The Greek word for that is logos. Have you ever heard that, logos? Okay, it's the written word. Um, that's how I've heard it taught, is the written word. There's two different, um, we translate word in the Bible either from logos or rhema, and they're different in the fact that rhema is alive and active, and logos is 
a written word. But here's something interesting. In 1 Peter, where it says to give an account, that word account is lagos. I've never seen that before. I never knew that. And I started to study it out. And over and over in the Bible, when you see the word logos, it's not just word, but many times it's to give an account. So for instance, in Acts, the author of Acts is Luke, and he had written the Gospel of Luke. Now let's think about the Gospel of Luke. What was he doing by writing the Gospel of Luke? Help me out. Huh? He gave an account, right? He gave a witness of what he had seen Jesus do and he had heard from other people what Jesus had done and he shared that account. And so in the chapter, in the first verse of, of Acts, he actually says this, in my former book, I gave an account. You know what that word is? Lagos. I gave an account. And so I began as I was studying, began to realize, you know what? There is great power in our Lagos. Not just the Lagos that comes from God, without a doubt there's great power in this, but there is great power in our account, in our report, in the exciting things that happen in our life. There is great power when we're open to let the Holy Spirit use us to give that account. Okay. We'll pause just a second so you can, I can see the wheels turning. Because what I just said was really good. <laughs> Grab a hold of this. Grab a hold of this. Revelations 12, 11 says this. They triumphed, triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Their testimony. If you have loved ones, if you have friends, if you have coworkers that you've been praying for, we have a world that's lost and dying that needs to know about the goodness of Jesus Christ. And do you know that you and I may be the only account that they ever get to hear? And especially at this time of year, when people, even though no matter how many times they tell us to just say happy holidays, they all know it's still Merry Christmas. Because this whole thing came about because of the birth of Jesus Christ. And so there's something inside of everybody that when we give an account, when we give that excitement news, man, something powerful happens. Christmas is an incredible time to share your account. It's an incredible time to share your testimony. And here's the good news. You don't have to be a preacher to do this. I think sometimes when you read that section of scripture where it says preach the word people think well I have to be um, you know as as wise as some pastor or up at the church or you know that's just not true every one of us can proclaim the message even if it's just a little bit that you know man proclaim it with boldness and courage go at it with confidence and knowing that God wants to use that account that report to touch somebody's heart and somebody's life you don't have to be a biblical scholar to share your account. You know, here's what's interesting. People can disagree with logical arguments. Matter of fact, I just 
I just tried to win some people over with a logical argument, talking about how parents will give good gifts, and if we who are sinners can do that, how much more does our Heavenly Father? I mean, I, I hope that that convinced some. I hope that you received that in your heart. But the truth is, that's a logical argument, and people can argue against logical arguments. But what are people going to say when you are simply sharing your testimony? Have you ever heard somebody share their testimony and then you just look at them and go, nope, that's not true. <laughs> I have never done that and I have never heard that done. They might doubt you, they might be a little skeptical, but the truth is when you share your testimony, when you share the experience that happened to you, people look at you and go, okay, I, I, I believe in you and if you say that happened, then I believe that that happened. And it can be something that can pull somebody into maybe listening to a logical argument at some point. But it's interesting, when you share your testimony, people can't argue against it. It's your testimony. It's something that just happened to you. And it's amazing. And so, um, I think when we think about testimony, well, let me ask you this. When I say the word testimony, as we're talking about it, what comes to mind? My truth, okay. To do again. Okay, to do again, like that, Eric. Something that's undeniably God, okay. What else? My salvation, love it. What else? My personal experience with Jesus, okay. The humor of the Lord, the ironies, the little things that happen, and, and uh, God is laughing at it, and he wants us to laugh with. We take life way too serious, yes? That's a, interesting. I, I like that. That fact that, that comes to your mind with testimony, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, I love that. What else? Yes. His grace and our imperfections. Love that. All these things are true. Here's what I want you to understand. In a couple of these things that were said, they were said in a singular way. And I get that because hopefully you have a testimony of how God came into your heart. That salvation moment where you knew that you knew that God grabbed a hold of you. I'll never forget mine. It was November of 1992. I had heard from a friend that God didn't want religion, but he wanted relationship with me, and I challenged God, okay, if you want that, then uh, make yourself real. And the next thought I have in my mind comes across, we'll go to church every week for this month. And I shared this a few months back, so I won't get into all the detail, details, but I did that, and on the third week that I went to church, God grabbed a hold of my heart and radically changed my life. And you know what? Nobody can ever take that away from me. They can't. And the friends that I lived with around there, they saw a radical change instantly that took place. 
And that's my story. It's not your story, but it's my story that took place. And when we think of testimony, I think a lot of times we think about that salvation experience. Or we think about maybe a healing that took place or something big that was very impactful. But I want to submit to you, church, the testimony goes beyond just the big salvation or the big healings or big miraculous things. But testimonies can be the littlest things that take place during our life during the day if we're in tune to what those things are. I think a lot of times we miss the testimony that God wants us to share because we're looking for this huge thing and God was like, oh no, no, I was right there in that little thing. And so yeah, we've got the big testimony that we can share. And as a matter of fact, here's a practical way you can do this. My wife a couple years ago, man, what just, she's an incredibly godly woman and she had an incredible idea for Christmas dinner one year. You know, at Thanksgiving time, think about this. I think you guys will, will, will get this, but at Thanksgiving, here's what happens. You kind of starve yourself on Wednesday before Thursday because you know what's coming. You know what I mean? And then Thursday comes along, and man, the spread. You can't even put your plate on the table because there is so much food on this table, right? And you got family and friends gathered around, and all the food, you can smell the turkey and the mashed potatoes and all, you know, all the stuff. Is, oh, you're just, and your, your stomach is like, oh, yes! You know, getting so excited about ready to eat. And somebody goes, okay, well, let's, let's pray for the food. And you're like, yeah, let's do it and make it a quick prayer. Please make it a quick prayer. And then somebody in the family will say this, well, before we pray, let's go around the table and... Tell everybody what you're thankful. No! Why do we do this before we eat while all the food is right there? It's going to get cold. It's a great practice. Don't get me wrong. Do it after you eat, though, or something. I don't know. And we had practiced this in our family. Get to Christmas, and Kim goes, I want to do something special. She goes, after we eat... Let's go around the table and share our testimony. And at first I was, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, if you're like me, you know, I don't know if I want to do all that, that stuff. And the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool. Because you know what? My kids had never heard their grandparents' salvation experience. Think about that. Does your kids know how your, grand, how your parents if they're saved, got to know the Lord? Do they know your salvation experience? Does your, grand, does their, your kids' grandparents know your kids' salvation experience? Do they know yours? Does your parents know yours? And I realize that some families, because you're gonna have unbelievers in some cases, you may have to adjust this, you may have to change this around, but there are practical ways in which if you are creative and if you go before the Lord and ask him, give me a way to tell my account, give, give me a way to give a report of the good news that is in me, the hope that I have in me, man, I believe God will share that with you and you can do that during this time. What a great time to share the report of what God has done for you. Now that's the big salvation experience and maybe you're not quite there. Maybe you're like, well, I don't know if I want to get all into that in, in this Christmas time. Fine, don't go there, but how about use a small testimony? And let me try to give you an example of this and then I'll be, I'll be done. This week, okay, so we're in Mexico. We leave on Saturday. We come back the following Saturday evening um, and um, because we were gone that week, I had to get a lot of things prepared because on Monday, Monday morning, we closed on our house in Castle Rock. 
we're moving down here. And so um, there was a bunch of details. And if you've ever closed on a house, you know that the money that you're supposed to bring on a house, uh, usually it's a pretty big chunk of money, and it usually fluctuates. And as a matter of fact, it changed three different times the week that we were away. And so I told the lender, I told um, my real estate guy, I said, hey, listen, I'm going to have the money in the bank, and I had to give all the proof that it was there. Um, and I said, but I'm going to get a cashier's check on Monday morning. And so um, here was the agenda. Nine o'clock, I was going to go to the bank right when they opened. I was going to get a cashier's check to bring to closing. At 10 o'clock, that was in Highlands Ranch. At 10 o'clock, I was supposed to be down here in Castle Rock to do the final walkthrough through the house. And then we were going to go back from Castle Rock, back up to Highlands Ranch, to Unified Title Company, um, and we were going to close on the house at 11 o'clock. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, a pretty tight schedule. I mean, some windows right there that just can't go wrong, right? So I go to the bank, and I go to the teller line. I said, here's what I need. I need to get a cashier's check. They take my identification, my, my um, ATM card. Everything's processing well. They're like, okay, how much? Who's it out to? Got all that done. Um, they said, okay. They brought a manager over because it was an amount that they had to get approval on. So he puts his little code in. And so they hit print. And he said, okay, I'll be right back. And he goes back around the counter. And then he doesn't come back. And two minutes goes by, three minutes goes by. I'm like, wow, I wonder what happened. Maybe there was a log jam at the printer. I don't know. He comes back around with nothing in his hand. I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? He goes, or um, he comes up to me, and he goes, well, um, our printer's not working. Um, and we can't get your check. And to make matters worse, you don't have any money in your account anymore. So what happened is the computer believed it went to the printer and took the money out of my account. The printer got, I never saw any money. Anybody's heart start beating a little bit? Okay, so I'm like, okay, all right. It's, it's, it's okay. Okay, so what's going on? You know, you can feel that blood boil and you can feel the kind of tension. Because you know what? We, in the, those moments of anxiety where there's, the tension starts to build, um, we don't always respond the best, do we? Okay? So, um, manager comes over and says, and, and I know him. He's like, oh, Dan, man, I'm so sorry about that. We're going to get this worked out. We're gonna, I need you to go over with that girl over and sit at her, her desk. She's going to get on the phone, try to figure out how to get the money back in your account. Yes, please do. Um, and so I, I go over and I'm sitting there and she's on the phone and she's on the phone for about five minutes and I'm just like, okay. And I'm texting the realtor and going, hey, here's what's happening. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to make it at 10. And he's like, well, just let me know what's going on. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll stay tuned. And so she... <laughs> She, in the middle of this conversation, about five minutes into it, she goes, um, oh, okay, I'll hold. And I look at her, and she looks at me, and she just kind of nervously smiles. Can you imagine being a teller in this situation? Can you imagine how many times people just light them up? Like it's her fault, right? But yet we do that, don't we, in our flesh? And so, and I felt that start to gurgle. I felt that kind of, man, I, maybe if I get stronger, they'll move faster. And so she goes, um, the person I was talking to that was supposed to be able to help me out has to go to somebody above them to help them talk. And I'm like, okay. And I asked the Lord at that moment, God, give me peace right now. And what did, I, I, actually, I think I prayed this first. What is going on? 
Angela came up and talked about how we have questions from God. I was like, why can't this go right, right? And I just immediately had this thought, I got it, it's okay. You're gonna be fine. I'm like, okay, all right. And so instead of getting angry at her, like, are you kidding me? I, I just, how's your Christmas? And just, you know, and she started going into it and then somebody came back on and she went back into another three or four minute call. At the end of the call, she's like, okay, um, all right, I understand, I know how to do that. Uh, I don't know how to do that. Um, and so she was put on hold again. And then while she was on hold, she actually figured it out. She's like, oh, I figured it out. I'm like, okay, yay. And she's like, you know what? I go back to the teller. I think the money's in the account. I'm like, huh, okay. So I go back over to the teller and sure enough, the money's in the account. And the guy's like, okay, well, let me reprocess this. And my friend comes over and goes, nope. Our printer's not working. I don't want to risk it again. Dan, I'm sorry, but will you go to another branch? Okay, now it is 9.45. I'm supposed to be in Castle Rock in 15 minutes. And I'm like, Man, I totally understand. I will gladly do that. Because I responded just like everybody in here would, right? <laughs> it's amazing in those moments, we have a report we're going to give. Just even how we respond in those moments. So I go to the next branch over in Lone Tree, uh, Lone Tree Parkway and I-25 basically. And um, on my way, I call the real estate guy and he goes, hey, listen, Dan, he goes, if you trust me, I'll go through the walkthrough. Everything, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be fine. I'll let you know if there's any concerns that I have. And I'm like, yep, that'd be great. And he said, so don't worry about making it down here. And I was like, God, how cool is this? I don't even have to go down to Castle Rock. I, we, we were thinking we were going to have to drive to Castle Rock three times that day. I was like, hey, this takes one of the trips all, off my off my agenda, that's, that's pretty cool. All right, God, you're, you're pretty cool. Get to the bank, go to the teller. He's like, yep, the money's there. I said, is your printer working? He goes, yep, absolutely. So prints the check, gives me the check, puts it in an envelope, gives it to me, and I take it. I go home, grab my wife, and we go over to Unified Title Company over on Lucent and 470. Get in there, and we're signing all these papers, and I'm telling uh, my realtor, my finance guy, um, the story of what happened. And in the middle of that, the, the lady who's closing us goes, did they sign the check? And so my mortgage guy pulls it out, and he goes, yep, and puts it back in the envelope. And I'm like, okay, praise God. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. So we're going we're gonna to get a house, right? So she finishes the last page. She stands up, you know, kind of half standing while she's reaching for the check. She gets the check. She opens the envelope. She goes, okay, I'm just going to make copies of this, and you guys will be out on your way. She pulls it out, and she goes, it's written out to the wrong title company. <laughs> I was at Unified. They wrote it out to United Title Company. And she's like, we can't accept this. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> that was inside. And I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? She goes, well, there's a Wells Fargo, my third Wells Fargo branch to the name, um, just down the road here. They should be able to switch it out over right there. So I ran to the Wells Fargo. They switched it out, ran it back, and we closed, and we got our house. But here's, here's the thing on that. In the middle of that, I had a report of the goodness of God to share with you. Now, I share that with you because I want you to see that every single day we have moments in there where we can call upon the name of the Lord and ask him to give us insight and wisdom. And if we'll do that, if we'll listen to his voice and, and obey that, you know what? We'll have a report to tell other people. And here's what's great is, is getting to share that with people when people have the closing go, let me tell you a story. And in the middle of that, I made sure that I brought in the God factor in the middle of that. Because it says to proclaim the message. 
to preach the word, to give an account for the hope that I have. And you know what I told them? Listen, I didn't yell at them. How many times do we get mad at servants, people who are waiting for us at a restaurant or um, grocery clerks or people at the mall, and we get mad at them for something that they have absolute no control for? And yet in those times, we have an opportunity to bring the good news and a great report about who Jesus is, or we can show him our flesh. And I want to challenge you, and in the next week here, the next seven to ten days, bring the good report. Ask God to give you those things, and then ask God for opportunities to share those things. Because as good as that story was, and as, as awesome it is that I got to tell you, you know what the bummer is? I missed an opportunity at the bank. Because God gave me peace, and I treated her with that peace, and I treated the teller with that peace, but I had opportunity to tell them why I had the peace, and I didn't give it. And I might have been the only voice this season for them to hear that. I'll close with this. A few months ago, I got to go to Myrtle Beach to play golf, and I flew out there, just in time to get the evacuation notice that we all had to leave because of the hurricane. I'm not kidding you. I got in Monday at one o'clock. Monday at four o'clock, we got reports that the hotels are shutting down. You have to leave. I was supposed to leave on Thursday. You can imagine how many people were calling the airlines to get their planes tickets changed. And I got one moved up to Wednesday morning, but man, I was really hoping to get out Tuesday because otherwise I was gonna have to sleep in the airport at Myrtle Beach. And so I was like, man, please just help me out. And so I kept calling the airlines, kept calling the airlines. And finally I called one time and she goes, you know what, we just had a seat open up. Somebody got a better flight and it opened up a seat for me. And I was like, man, I would love that seat. And she's like, okay, I'll grab all the do that and she processed and I'm on the phone for 5, 10, probably 15 minutes as she's making those changes. Um, in the middle of that, I'm like, well, can you get, she, she got me from Myrtle Beach to Charlotte. And I said, well, can you get me from Charlotte to Denver the same night? And she's like, oh, I didn't know you were going to Denver. Yeah, I'm going to Denver. And so she went back and she, yeah, I got you a flight. And I'm like, okay. And so in the middle of that, I did have the courage that time to go, hey, I just felt like the Lord told me to tell you, thank you for all you're doing. I'm sure you're getting yelled at today. I'm sure it's been a chaotic time and I appreciate the help that you've given me. And even if you weren't able to get me these flights, I sure appreciate the fact that you would even spend the time looking for me. And she got real quiet and she goes, that's the first kind thing that's been said to me all day. Now think about that. It can be a stressful time this year or this time of year. It can be very stressful but we get a choice to live from the flesh or live from the spirit. And the word of God says that we need to proclaim the message. We need to give reason for the hope that we have in us. And I believe with all of my heart, church, that God is giving us opportunities every single day. If we will be open to look for them and hear his voice and then step out in boldness. And so finish by saying this. Be bold this Christmas. Be courageous. Look for opportunities to share the good news that's inside of your heart with your family and friends and coworkers. Look for opportunities. Be intentional. Ask God. Because it may be 
the report that you give that brings somebody over into really why we celebrate Christmas together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you gave us your son, that you so loved us that the greatest given ever given could be given, that somebody would take our sins, that would be born in this planet in such a humble, servant-like position to live such an incredibly perfect life so that they could take the sins that we commit upon their shoulders. You sent that in Jesus. No greater love than this that a man would lay down his life for another man and you laid your son's life down for all of us. And God, we take a moment to just thank you right now. What a celebration we can have when we understand that you died, not so that we would do a bunch of things or not do a bunch of things, but you did it so that we could have a relationship. It's not about religion, church. It's about a relationship with a loving father. And so, Lord, we thank you for that, and we ask that you would give us, give us those little moments in our life this week that we can report and show your goodness, that we can share with our family and friends the way that you interacted and the way that you intervened. No matter how big or how small it is, make us very aware so that we can then share that report. And God, I want to take just a moment in time to pray for those that may be here this morning that just either don't know you or far from you. If you're here this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you'd say, you know, Pastor Dan, I feel far from God or I've never even asked Jesus into my heart. And you say, hey, I want that to change and I do want him to start speaking to me and I do want him to start giving me those little moments that I can report. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor Dan, would you pray for me? Would you just lift your hand real quick? Yep, yep, yep. Heavenly Father, these people that were so bold to raise their hand, God, I pray you would make yourself real. God, give them hope, give them an excitement, help them to understand that you are that good father that brings good gifts. And God, whatever it is that is hindering the ability to receive that understanding, God, I pray that you would break that off them in the name of Jesus Christ. That you would give them great insight, that you would give them great clarity of how you love them and how you care for them and the things that you want them to understand. And Lord, we thank you for these things. In your name we pray, amen.